Pipe Man here on the Adventures Pipe Man W4CY Radio, and I'm here with our next guest uh, on the other side of the country, uh, our fellow uh, state Texas. I say fellow because we're in South Florida, and I think Texas and Florida have made the news a lot for uh, our groundbreaking <laughs> way of handling COVID. Uh, oh, <laughs> so let's welcome to the show Kevin Armstrong of Scattered Storm. How are you? Doing good. Thank you so much for having me on, Pipe Man. How you doing? Hey, my pleasure. Hey, you guys hail from El Paso. My daughter just left El Paso. I, my son-in-law is in the army, so they were stationed there. Oh, right on. Yeah, that's yeah, a it's a it's a big old military town here, so so that's not surprising in the least. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They were there for three years. Uh, it definitely wow. was. Uh, so you know. My daughter's originally from Jersey, lived in Florida. You know, they were stationed. Oh, wow. They were stationed in Germany before El Paso. So, I think El Paso was kind of a culture shock to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big culture shock. Uh, my brother-in-law is, is in the military. So when I graduated high school, they were stationed over in Germany. So it's you know kind of a graduation gift. Uh, I got to spend uh, a little over a month in Germany, nice. and believe me, after staying over there in Germany for a while, they're coming back to El Paso. It's an enormous difference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My daughter loved Germany yeah. too. And you know what really Ooh. got her most of all was the heat. Like, and she's a yes. Florida girl. Like, she's from Florida, but I guess <laughs> we're a bunch of wussies here because you guys have serious heat. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's it's dry heat out here. You know, I, I can the the humidity is not uh, you know it's not anything to laugh at. But yeah, it gets hot here. It was a uh, uh, maybe three weeks ago, I think it was about 110 out here in uh, in El Paso. But uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who lives out in Arizona, and I was you know kind of complaining about the heat. He goes, dude, it's 120 <laughs> here. I know, I don't, right? Stop complaining. <laughs> All right, so I, I'll go a step further. My son was just in Somalia where it was like 130. Oh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? No, thank <laughs> Meanwhile, here in yeah. Florida, it never gets over 100. It, it, it Maybe rarity, but if it, yeah. it's always like feels like 210. <laughs> yeah, because it's just wet, like. No, I, I get that. I was in a Corpus, uh, one of my other bands, we were on tour, and uh, at noon in Corpus, it was 100 degrees and 100% humidity. I was like, Jesus Christ, wow. why doesn't it just rain? <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, perfect place, El Paso, perfect place to make some music. <laughs> yeah you know yeah it's, yeah it's uh it's 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 going well i mean you know the uh covid kind of you know really uh had an impact on 
you know, of course, as it did everywhere, um, had had an impact on a bunch of stuff. But uh, uh, my friend and I, the, the drummer of Scatterstorm, Jay, uh, we had been kind of sending music back and forth for a couple of years. But he's, you know, a very busy guy. And, you know, I have my own projects and stuff going on. So COVID really gave us a chance to start working on the material even more and uh everyone's everyone's schedule freed up so it was like a perfect opportunity to yeah uh, get our friend uh, andre uh on uh, on vocals and then uh finally we got to ed razor from uh, the pissing razors and uh, and andre was in the pissing razors as well we finally got them into the fold so finally i think after you know three or four years of me for sending the first track over to to jay to do drums on finally now the release is this friday the ninth. <laughs> nice and yeah. i i have to say too like i love what you said before because i've been saying all along like what a great time to make music you know and yeah and you're not the only ones like there's so many other people that have our musicians in different bands have been trained music for years and just mm. never had the time to do anything with it because I don't think people really realize you guys, when you're musicians, you're on tour all the time. I don't even know how you find time to write new music. So (laughs) that's the positive of COVID is like, you know, basically you now are forced to have time Mm -hmm. to write music. Yeah. Which is, which is cool, you know, because I've been able to do some cool um, collaborations with people that, you know, I've never, I've never met before, you know, like we'll do, uh we've done covers of songs where it's like hey you know my friend a friend of mine who lives out in florida actually um hey you know i want to do this song okay cool i I have a friend in juarez uh you know across the border and then you know we'll get a you know some dude from california then we all we all collaborate all throughout the u.s and it's like you know some of these people have never met so it's been kind of cool to make these uh connections and stuff now you know no doubt and and I just think it's great because we need music more than ever now. So now there's just more of it to come out there. And I think it's going to shape the music industry in a better way for years, even though we don't realize it right right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like, uh, I know it's pretty much every band has at least an album's worth of material uh, ready to go. You know, so 2021, I imagine... Uh, you know, the rest of this year is just going to be filled with releases and then stuff's opening up 2022. You know, we already got uh, a couple tours coming through my area, you know, some some big stadium tours, which is kind of exciting. You know, it's everyone's itching to hit the road again and they have new material, you know, it's, and some bands, you know, like uh, uh, Rammstein, they're going to be coming through Texas next year. They They postponed it to next year, but. You know, I think from their last release, it was like, you know, 10 years or something like that since yeah. uh, their their last release to the previous release. But now they did a release, COVID hit, they nobody's doing anything. So, bam, they're going to have a new album. Nice. Out, you know, so, so yeah, that's, that's exciting. <laughs> well, it's even interesting that one band, who's one of my favorites, that has been swearing for years not to do new music. And every time uh-huh. they want to do new music, they're like, nope. And then there was two new <laughs> two new songs from System of a Down came during COVID. Oh, yeah, that was that was great. The uh, what is was it the 
The last one, genocidal humanoids. Oh, yeah. Good lord. That oh was my nice. god. That was. It's amazing. Yeah. And like, I think if we didn't have COVID, that might not have happened. <laughs> no, absolutely. Because you know, you got Serge Tankin. He's everywhere. Yeah. You know, and then and then Darren. He's got scars on Broadway. So it's like nobody's doing anything. I mean, that's that's. That's a, that's a that's a big caveat of it. Nobody's doing anything, so it's like, well, you know, we gotta stay productive. And then for those bigger bands, where that's how they make their money, it's like we we have to at least put out some releases, you know, to get some to get some cash flowing in. So you know, it's kind of good for them, good for us, you know. Oh, well, there you go. And you know, it took COVID to announce to return after twelve years of Mudvayne too. So there you go. Yeah, that uh, it was. It was funny because some friends of mine and I were in 2019. We're like, man, you know, next year's the the anniversary of LD50. Hopefully, they they get together and then you know, COVID hit, so that shut down that. But boom, here it is. Yep. And I'm super excited about that. So am I. I go on tour and do all the music festivals, and they're at all my Danny Wimmer festivals. So I'm like, the last time <laughs> nice. I think I saw them was uh, Third Stage Oddsfest. So that'll give you an idea how long wow. ago it was. <laughs> man, Oddsfest, that's a, that's a memory right there, man. <laughs> no doubt. I went, a... I went to every one. I saw every, Ozzy every year since 1980. How really? about that? God, man, I would I would have loved to seen some of them. You know, I'm uh, I'm I'm younger. I turn uh, 30 next month, so so I didn't get to see a whole lot of them. <laughs> yeah, I saw that same year. I saw Slipknot on third stage. Like, imagine wow. getting to see Slipknot or Mudvayne on like some mm-hmm. rinky dinky little stage. Like even like Slipknot, yeah. like how they even did it on that third stage at Ozfest with nine people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. And then. That would have been so cool to see, you know, just when you when you have these these bands now that are that are huge like that, like Slipknot, uh, uh, Mudvayne, you know, they're when you see them on little stages like that, you know, now they're these massive bands. But back then they had this like, you know, like any band that's kind of up and coming, they have this you know thing to prove. So when you see them when they're when they're coming up before they hit that status where you know slipknot can sell out you know they have their own festival now right uh they're just visceral back then you know what i mean like yeah no i heard i heard stories of right when they came off ozfest no one wanted to play with them because they were going to just steal the show of whomever they played with and that would have been incredible to see you know like all the backstage stuff that spilled out onto the onto the stage like god i would i would have loved to see them back then well it's interesting yeah. what you just said too because here here's a cool thing i saw motley crew before they ever even had an album and they were <laughs> wow. heavy they were like horror punk they weren't glam yet like really yeah and they would i saw them it's the first club show i ever went to in my life it was at the roxy on the sunset strip in Uh the height of the sunset strip and i remember going to that show and i just said i'm never going to a real concert ever again like that was (laughs) that was that's the only and they they literally tried to burn the roxy down to bring satan in and they had all these pyrotechnics and everything so the interesting part of that story is then they got the tour with kiss 
And yeah. Kiss actually told them that they couldn't do their normal show because Kiss wow. didn't want to be upstaged because Motley Crue yeah. did a big pyrotechnic show just like Kiss. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, it was like funny. Then I saw <laughs> Kiss in that tour and, and Kiss and Motley Crue in that tour and Motley Crue just like played. They weren't like I saw them in the club type of thing. So wow. it goes to your point of what you were saying is like, you catch those early shows and you just never know. Mm-hmm. That's the real shows. Like I was at, you go, yeah. this is going to blow your mind. I was at the first Slayer show ever and the first Metallica show ever. Jeez. That's the bragging rights right there. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Oh man. Like I just remember the first time seeing Slayer and it, and it, and it was just, I'm sold. That's all it was. It was like, yeah. they've been my favorite band ever since. Like, it was just awesome. Un- and I, you know, they had to play with hair metal bands because in LA back then, bands yeah. like Slayer and Metallica had nobody to play with because, and that's wow. why they had to go up to San Francisco <laughs> where, uh-huh. where, the real, yeah. where the real metal was. <laughs> yeah, where all the where all the Bay Area bands were, so that they could play shows like Exodus and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I used to. So me and my bro used to ju- jump on uh, Greyhound bus from L.A. and go up to San Francisco to go to those shows because they were just insane. Uh-huh. You know, L.A. had the whole glam thing going on, so it was like screw yeah. this, and we went up north. And <laughs> you know, I I saw Possessed in the very beginning and. You know, and, and Exodus in the beginning, and all those bands. Wow. Like, and I remember. Okay, so it's so wild because this is what kind of killed for a while and killed metal for a while. But Allison Chains used to be like the the opener bands for Slayer and Metallica and wow. Exodus because there was yeah. no grunge yet. So. Yeah that they were the grunge before there was grunge. And that's how it's kind of how it happened. I think, you know, it's like that mm. paved the way for those bands to take over for a few years. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's true. And then uh, with the, the sound garden and then when Nirvana hit, that just yeah. was like the nail in the coffin for anything else. Oh, no doubt you know, for a while. Yeah, no doubt. But here we are. 2021 yeah. and uh i think metal stronger than ever especially with your guys debut ep i have to say yeah. uh, i had to laugh when i read about th- this uh video that I was watching kingslayer and uh-huh. the fact that you came up with that because you watched too much godzilla <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i'm a big time uh Godzilla, you know, kaiju, big Japanese monster movie. I love I love all that stuff. The cornier the movie, probably the more I'm gonna like it. <laughs> nice. So yeah, so uh I was watching God, I was I was on a I was on a binge and uh I was watching um God, what was it? It was Shin Godzilla, one of the newer uh, uh Japanese ones. And I was like, man, what would a what would it sound like, you know, just to hear these behemoths walk around like in real life, like if something this colossal existed, what would it what would it sound like, and what would a fight between it and like another one? What would that what would that be like? So I grabbed a guitar and I was just kind of playing around and had to pause the movie. Like I need to record, <laughs> I need to record this idea, and then 
that's what ended up turning into this like big huge groove you know nice yeah and then uh then yeah it turned into uh uh you know a whole another whole other thing with the uh, vocals but yeah that's <laughs> that's that's the origin just got to thank godzilla for that one <laughs> and then the, the end of the song you know has the stanley kubrick uh type of uh space-like ending to it yeah exactly that's like uh i mean it's like what i imagine like the aftermath being you know what i mean the city's destroyed these monsters are gone and people are just like you know what just happened you know what you do we rebuild you know what i mean that's like the sorrow when it when it when it kind of kicks in you know what i mean oh yeah, yeah. and yeah it's cool, too, because even though the album is not really like a concept album, it's like old school to me where each track kind of goes together, but it's not mm. together. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there. I mean, there, I guess there is like an overarching theme. Um, you know, I was I was reading over the some of the lyrics and talking to Andre about them, and a lot of the songs in like an unconscious way ended up dealing with some sort of like mental health issue. You know what I mean? Whether yeah. it be the the instrumentals or whether it be the vocals that are, you know, the, the lyrics that are applied to it afterwards. You know what I mean? Like I know uh, one of the songs was, uh, was uh, created when um, J.R. Drummer, his, his brother-in-law passed away. So, you know, he, he came home and wrote a song and then, you know, it's, it's just, it's just kind of weird that like without, uh, without discussing anything, everyone kind of put a, an issue in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they kind of had a way of dealing with something that, that had come up, you know, that was a, that was a big shooting, uh, here in El Paso a couple years ago. And, uh, the very first song that Andre recorded vocals on was a song called Under the Fire. And he was actually a, so the shooting happened at a Walmart. Yeah. Which I'm, is right I'm very familiar because my daughter was at that Walmart that day. Oh, man. It's, see, Andre was over at uh, the mall when that guy left the Walmart and was headed towards the mall. So you know, wow. they, they had it shut down and he was, you know, running through the mall trying to find, uh, you know, some of his family and stuff. So that whole wow. under the fire, all those, all those lyrics stemmed from that whole situation. Wow. You know? Yeah. Oh, I'll have to tell my daughter about that because like, like she didn't even really want to leave the house for like a year after that crap went. Down. Oh no, I, I believe it was, it, it was bad. And, you know, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad she's okay, you know. But yeah, that's that's awful. I have a friend of mine is a is a sheriff, and was talking with him, and he was one of the one of the guys, one of the first guys that was uh, talking to him after they after they caught that guy and, and brought him in, and just some of what this stuff this this dude was saying. It's like, man, I don't know how somebody could do that. You know what I mean? Drive I, from, you know, half the state away, come here to a town where you know, nothing like that happens. It's, it's the safest. It's like one of the top, like safest cities in the, in the country every single year. And then now there's a mass shooting 
here, you know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of blows my mind what goes through people's minds because I was talking to somebody just recently about, you know, everybody has these like stupid thoughts sometimes and they're just Mm -hmm. passing thoughts. Like it's nothing anybody would ever put into action, but there's people that Mm -hmm. do put it into action, you know, and it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, what's going through your mind that, you don't mm. even have a cool down period. Like, like you said, this guy drives from another area. Like, yeah. And most people, even if they were like having certain thoughts by the time they got to wherever they were going, they would have yeah. talked themselves out of it and to not talk yourself out of it. It's like, where is uh-huh. your mindset at that point? Yeah. That's that. Yeah. you got to have to like, double triple quadruple down and like no i'm doing that you know what i mean yeah to do something like that like i can even though you know it is it is a bad situation i can understand like a spur of the moment kind of thing yes because yeah you see red for a minute and you know now you've you've messed up but texas is isn't a little state you know what i mean that's a yeah. long drive <laughs> So yeah, that's a long way to be long way to be mad about something. And that the the crazy thing is, is uh, Jay and I were playing a show with a friend of ours. We were doing a he had his, a friend of ours has a solo project, Hector Camarena, and all of a sudden there was a bunch of cops just swarmed the the area that we were in, saying that there was a guy khaki pants black t-shirt white t-shirt that was sitting on the hood of his car with an ar-15 at a bar that was just right across the street wow so yeah they give the description you know real thin white guy curly black hair brown hair you know or dark hair anyway turns out he matches the description of this dude that did the shooting later you know what i mean so jeez with yeah thinking that he might have come down and we were in the parking lot with where this dude ran into you know what i mean so it could it could have been a much different situation but yeah that's that's insane to me that somebody thought that process through and thought that was a good idea you know yeah no doubt it it just <laughs> proves to be that we've been too long without a mosh pit <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah 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 big time and like uh, uh speaking of have you seen the the lineup for the Hellfest? oh my god oh that's oh. like that if you were if you took me and built a dream uh, dream <laughs> list i i don't think i could even do that good of a, a lineup <laughs> Exactly, and it was it was funny because uh, Ed and I, uh, Ed Razor and I, we were talking about it because he played in uh, Overkill for uh, for a time. And my, my favorite band going back way back. Oh, awesome! Uh, yeah, he was uh, he drummed for Overkill a couple years ago for 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 a number of shows, and uh, we were we were talking about that. He goes, "Dude, Hellfest has to be the best festival I've seen." But he goes, "Dude, uh, just imagine, you know, it's gonna be great." like a week long 350 bands but just imagine the logistics of getting the bands in there getting them with a hotel you know getting a hotel for them getting gear for them all the power that's going to be required all the fenders and all the stuff so he starts going through this stuff and i was like man those 
Hellfest dudes must have just been like, you know what? There was nothing. There's been nothing for a year or two. Let's just bring everyone. <laughs> yeah, just just bring it all out. Just let it all hang. Out. <laughs> I don't know anybody in the business that hasn't made a comment on that lineup. Okay, it's like yeah, I have people that you know the people I deal with that run festivals. That they're sharing that lineup. Like, it's like, you know, wow. nobody ever does that. Nobody shares another festival's lineup, but they're like, right. you know, how can you not? Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have these incredible bands just there. You know what I mean? Might as well have, okay, well, you know, we're going to have this stage at Hellfest perform here at this festival, you know, uh, like not even a week later or something like that. Yeah. That's, that's an opportunity that I've never seen before. And I just, and I don't even know if that's something like that's going to happen again. You know what I mean? Cause that's no, that's I've never like as somebody that has been into metal since like 1978. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen anything like that. And I've been some to some memorable festivals and, and yeah. shows and like, I don't think there, I mean, I was at the first crossover punk metal show ever, you know, whereas, you know, before that, as a long hair, I wasn't allowed at punk shows. Like there's punk bands I've seen in the past few years that I loved when I was a teenager, but I wasn't allowed to go see the band, you know, like I would have gotten my ass kicked, like the exploited, you know, you know, and and, uh, so I looked at this and I'm like, so for 2000. I normally like do all the major festivals in the States and in 2020 was supposed to be the year I was going to do download festival. Like I had, I had my connection. I was going to get the media credentials. And then of course we know what happened, you know? So now I saw this list. I'm like, I don't care if there's any other (laughs) festival I do anywhere (laughs) in the world. I need to get media credentials for that one. Yeah, that's, that's great. And I wonder how many people, are going to go down because I think Hellfest every year gets 80,000, people or something like that. It's, it's, so. I, I think it'll at least double that, man. I mean, yeah. it, it's got to. With yeah. that lineup, oh, my God. It, it's mm-hmm. it's like just about every band I like in the world. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Same here. I mean, there's even a, a day where it's all just industrial bands. Right. Like, oh, that, that's great. If you get tired of metal, boom, pop over to this stage. For a couple hours, and he gets to see Killing Joke and Skinny Puppy, Ministry, and Torch. Yeah. Oh, you want to go see, you know, whatever, like, put X band's name here, they're probably on that bill. <laughs> I know, right? It's amazing. Yeah. And I, I, that's what I love about your guys' music, too, because you're, you're metal, but you have the industrial vibe going, too. And, and I dig that. Like, you yeah. do remind me of bands like a Ministry or like a dope or static X or oh, nice. anything yeah, like that. Yeah. That's, that's what uh, I grew up on was, um, was industrial. You know, it was, you know, of course you hit the, you hit the Slayer, you hit the, you know, you know, Pantera, you know, all these bands, but uh, industrial really captivated me for a long time. And, uh, you know, I'm a big uh, gamer. So when doom came out in 2016, the soundtrack was it blew my mind because it's just this amalgam this perfect amalgam of very aggressive metal 
and very aggressive industrial that that sounds like you know it would be like a god flesh kind of a thing but it i was like this is this is what i need to do and it took a long time you know here we are 2021 already and this game came out in 2016 so i've been trying to do this for five years you know so it's it's i'm glad that uh jay really because he's the one that does a lot of the a lot of the samples and, and um, the keys and stuff i'm really glad that that he was able to latch on to that idea and turn it into you know this groovy heavy but but there's a lot of industrial uh in there to give it just another another element you know what i mean yep i yeah. totally know what you mean Cause... I mean, and it really does go together. You know, I told you I went to the first Slayer show ever, so I did press coverage for the second to last Slayer show ever. And, of course, who played was Ministry with with them. And it just, to me, it went hand in hand. I got to tell you, I think it's that same heaviness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then it it, it brings, you know, like it's kind of cool, you know, for being a guitar player in that role, like in in industrial kind of band is I can kind of have another foundation to look at. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I'm when I'm playing, when I'm when I'm when we're writing and stuff, there's another another thing that isn't drums or bass because you know I'm the only guitar player in the band, so it's it's also helping me bring more melody because oh you know you have this this cool synth line well let me play on that so yeah it's 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 just great it's real nice to be able to have something other something else there to help carry the the music you know what i mean no doubt about it i think it kind of fills a gap sometimes yeah 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 no exactly and then um just to be able to you know keep it real groovy is you know that's <laughs> that's that's right in my wheelhouse and then and then you know we're doing like the the seven and eight string real low tunings you know so it's it, it's pretty heavy <laughs> there you go it and yeah. i love it i love your new music i think our oh, listeners will too i tell everybody how they can uh connect with you guys on social media how they can get the new album when it drops uh, you said this friday on the ninth right yeah, yeah, exactly. This is Friday on the 9th. We're going to be, uh, uh, you know, we have um, social medias. We have Instagram, Facebook, you know, Scattered Storm. Um, we're also, we have a couple uh, of our videos. We have the video for Kingslayer and uh, Aeon Flux on uh, YouTube as well. And those two songs are available on every streaming platform, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, um, all that stuff. And once the album hits... Uh, all that stuff is going to go up onto uh, those those same streaming sites as well. So for for physical release, we're <clears throat> excuse me, we're kind of looking into uh, you know what we want to do because CDs CDs are cool, but I think uh, I think they've kind of come and gone. You know what I mean? So I I, I I wouldn't like I would like to try to see if we could do something real real cool, real special for a for for a physical release. But as for digital easy 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 uh spotify i believe even title apple music that works <laughs> nice and yeah. and of course there was something else that made me laugh when i was looking at the description stuff and uh and it's funny 
I didn't see this until I was actually watching the video, and I was. Uh-huh. It, it's so funny because I was, and I never do, but I was going to make a comment during this interview about headbanging, and then, oh. <laughs> and then afterwards, I was reading that that was part of the formula for your songs that you guys decided it had to have headbanging. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've been a big uh, groove dude for a long time. You know, going back to my, you know, my very first band. So it's like just these driving riffs that that'll uh, help the uh, h- uh, help your your neck just kill the next day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. I, like, <laughs> I think I I think I've done it so much that my neck is <laughs> it, my neck is always solid as a rock and and and, and in pain and that's just normal yeah. life to me and it's like. <laughs> So, uh, like, yeah. I have this friend, he's a chiropractor, and he's like, how do you even function? Because he was feeling my neck and stuff. I'm like, yeah. oh, is there something wrong? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. No, he just end up like a corpse grinder. Right. It's just massive, yeah. <laughs> and that was funny because uh, you were mentioning about Overkill. So I, a couple years ago, they were at a festival, and I interviewed Bobby Blitz, and he made a yeah. comment in the interview because I think – I think it was like the last day of the festival, so my neck was really <laughs> not doing oh, yeah. great <laughs> from when I wasn't working. And uh, and he's like, "Hey, you're right. You, like your neck okay?" And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, just just too much head banging. He's like, "Yeah, at our, our age, we might have to slow it down a little bit." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I right. don't think so." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. Sh- I mean, shit, you got Tom Araya and Dave Mustaine had to have a uh, back and neck surgery because, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. And Tom, hit, his headbanging was like a signature headbang. Like, yeah, exactly. And I, I'm really glad that you brought that up because, like, I've never seen anyone else headbang like that guy. Oh, like, my God. The, and if you do it, yeah. if you try to do it, now, no wonder his neck got screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> It's so weird watching him mm-hmm. in, in those final shows just sit there and not headbang. Like, yeah. And yeah. Corey Taylor had a problem too with his neck that he had to get surgery. That's... But you know what's wild about him? He's a, such a badass that I yeah. covered one of their, their shows, Slipknot, right after he had the neck surgery. Wow. And you couldn't even tell. I'm like, man. Why is he doing that? Cause he was like headbanging just like he always does. I'm like, fuck, he just got done with surgery. Why is he doing that? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's, that that's, that's scary, you know, cause yeah, I'm getting a kind of the same. I'm having some, some, some neck issues because of it. I'm like, man, I hope I don't end up like uh, these dudes. But then, you know, you look at their career, you know, their 30, 40 year career of playing, you know, these long three, four month long tours yeah. at a time. It's like, I, I think I'll be good for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. And like when you're Tom and you're headbanging like that every yeah. single night of the year, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I don't, I, I don't even, I don't know. There's two things I don't know about him, how he did that and how he would sing the way he did. Cause I used to sing thrash metal while I was a teenager. And now yeah. I can't even get through one song with, without <laughs> choking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he would hit those high, oh. those real high notes, oh, it's so good, so good. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, but you guys are amazing, 
And I can't wait to see oh, you, you guys live. And that's another thing. Everybody check out the video because you got the visual component going on too. And I, I think that's, oh, that's also that industrial influence because a lot of industrial does mm-hmm. that. And I think that's what I love about industrial is like it, it's, 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 the music isn't the only art. It's, it's the whole package. Yeah, it's like it, it comes with other kind of stuff you know that's that's if if it's not there it just ends up being kind of boring yeah you know what i mean like yeah i i I totally get what you mean there's there's a visual aspect of it there's there's a look and that that is you know pretty important to us as well you know what i mean so you know some of us are painting up and stuff so just to just to bring an additional an additional element to it so that it's not just you know some dudes up there in their jeans, which which is cool, you know what I mean. But it's you know, saying it's saying a thrash show for me, you know, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's something else that we gotta that we gotta we gotta put out there, you know what I mean? Oh well, and you know what's funny is like so back in the eighties when you couldn't listen to music first, I uh, you know we used to just go get Bam magazine in L.A. and it would show the gigs. Yeah. And we would pick gigs by the way people looked, okay? So, like, if you were in BAM magazine back then, your band, I would definitely, (laughs) me and my bros would definitely looked and like, oh, we're going to that show tonight, man. (laughs) See, that's what what we want, you know what I mean? Like, uh, not to knock anyone, but, uh, you know, I love Dream Theater, but 10 times out of 10, I'll go see a Guar show, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. Oh, totally. Like... I remember one of the first shows after that Motley Crue show I went to, and, and I went to Motley Crue because the way they looked too, because they before yeah. they were glam, they were wearing like this war paint, you know, and yeah. and, uh, yeah, yeah. and then uh, I remember seeing this thing for Wasp. And, oh yeah, and I just saw the way they looked, and I'm like, going to that show, <laughs> and then, and then it was funny like Armored Saint played at that show too and I became wow. real close friends with Armored Saint to this day and we, yeah. Joey and I were talking about that show and they came out okay it, not yeah. many people will remember this band but they came out looking like the mentors do you remember oh yeah, yeah the mentors yeah Mr. El Duce <laughs> yeah totally like that band could never survive 2021 but uh, oh no but back then and we were laughing about it because like you think of Armored Saint, you wouldn't think of them coming out on stage looking like the mentors, but they did, you know, and then wow. they had the big armor on and the spikes yeah. and, and then they had those hoods that the mentors had. Wow. And, and that's just kind of how it was. You know, even Slayer, yeah. you know, Slayer didn't come out looking like the typical thrash, skinny jean, white sneaker, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, thing. It was like they yeah. came out and they looked brutal. <laughs> Yeah, Gary yeah, King had, like, had uh, spikes that were like uh, I don't know a foot yeah. long coming out of his arm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know how he didn't just destroy his guitars. I know, with right? Those things. Oh, <laughs> unbelievable! So yeah, yeah, I dig all that stuff, and uh, I'm glad awesome. bands like you are bringing it back because I I think it should be a whole show, you know? Yeah, from start to finish. There's some bands you probably know this too. Is like I love their music, but I can't watch them live one more time. They bore me to death live, some bands, you know, because they yeah. just get up and play, and that's mm-hmm. cool, but I can turn on my, you know, my record player or my phone yeah. or something for that. When I go to a show, 
I want a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's a big uh, big thing for me. Is yeah, just bringing something, another element, you know, another another look to it, you know, because ha- you know, having your musical prowess, that's a given, you know, but. And you, there's so much to compete with nowadays. Like, kind of music has become a bit of an afterthought. Yeah. With just the ease of access, you know, it's it's a great time to to release an album because it's so easy. You can do it on your own, but it is the worst time to try to release an album because everyone else can release their album. Yeah. And if you make any sort of impact, it's going to be real short you have to do something that's going to draw everybody's attention and just have them come back for that second view you know because it's it's a, it's a tough time right now you know with just anyone can go see anything go do anything you know so you're, you're competing with 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 a lot and it's it, it's kind of funny to me that uh, so many people are like oh you know music is my life but it's like well will you come out to a show will you Will you buy a, a T-shirt? You know what I mean. I know, you know? right? Yeah. I yeah. I don't get it. You know, you'll spend, and that's the thing. You'll spend like a few hundred dollars on a ticket to a festival. You'll spend yeah. hundreds on whatever else, and then you're going to be cheap on the merch. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's how that's how bands survive on tour. No you know what I mean, there's a. It's, it's, I was. Uh, Slipknot, they were talking about that. They were saying that even though they had, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, a number one, number one single or so, or something like that, they're like, yeah, we're broke because we're not making money from the People radio. Don't realize it. You know, you don't. Yeah, you don't make anything from royalties. Matt Heafy of Trivium posted a picture of one of his royalty checks, and they're not a small band in the least, and it was not even a dollar. I know, or something like that. Yeah, but then this dude, you hey, know. Everybody hated yeah. Lars, but Lars was right, man. Yeah, yeah, that dude hit the hammer on, he hit the nail on the head. Yeah, no doubt. Like 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, something like that, you know? Yeah, and, and nobody yeah. foresaw what he foresaw, and he was he was right on the money for sure. So, yeah. so listeners, spend your money. Get some merch. <laughs> support these bands. You want live music? You want new music? Support these bands, and especially support scattered storm because they are <laughs> badass and you will love them. And, you know, thank you for making the great music. And I kept you on longer than I normally do. And normally I said, because you guys are just that badass and it was a great interview. So thank you for being on the adventures of pipe man. Oh, thank you so much for having us. It's been a real pleasure. Ditto. <laughs> thank you very much. You have an excellent one. Thank you for listening to the Adventures of Pipe Man on W4CY Radio.